Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Diabetic and Healthy podcast. I hope everyone is well. I have got a really special episode for you this week as I was lucky enough to interview Chris Rudum. Now, Chris is someone who I have followed on social media for several years and who I have always found massively inspirational. For anyone who doesn't know who Chris is, he is an elite powerlifter, type 1 diabetic, entrepreneur, model and a motivational speaker. Now, I said there that he is a powerlifter. What I didn't mention is that Chris only has one complete hand. So due to a birth defect, he only has two fingers on his left hand and his left arm is shorter than his right. However, this doesn't stop Chris from deadlifting over 600 pounds. Now, Chris gives out a really strong message and is proof of just how far you can go with a right mindset. So keep listening to hear Chris's advice on how to stay motivated, his approach to living with diabetes and how he loves a good donut. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Hey, good. Thank you. How are you? Very good. Thank you again for having me. I really no, thank you for agreeing to come on and talk. Um, so obviously I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> I, that, uh, that's so weird it's still weird for me to hear stuff like that because i'm just such a normal person and it when people are like oh i follow you i'm like oh that's yeah. that's awesome that's really cool but <laughs> I, I really do appreciate that and it's awesome to see that the years have led up to being able to have some sort of impact so again yeah, thank definitely. you for having me on for having the conversation oh today. no you're so welcome um, so for anyone who is listening or watching who doesn't know you, how, how do you like to introduce yourself and, and what you do? Uh, I am the only single-handed <laughs> pro power lifter, uh, motivational speaker, adaptive disabled model, type 1 diabetic donut connoisseur that you know. <laughs> and if not please tell me because then I have to change my website because I swear I was the only oh, one. So I, I don't know any others. I don't know any others. <laughs> trying to create my own space. <laughs> I think that title is yours. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a disability and diabetes advocate and I speak uh, around the country and around the world to just help people see their worlds without limits, whether that's about disability, diversity and inclusion or just overall hardship. Okay, well, obviously, my listeners are going to want me to ask you quite a lot about your diabetes. But Let's go diabetes all day. Okay, I also want to talk about um, just where you get this, this drive and this positivity and, you know, you're so motivated. Like, wh when did that start? I do, I do want to address that, too, because I love that part. Um, I actually would say I'm not motivated. So this is, it's Ooh. a really, interesting, <laughs> really interesting um, I believe motivation comes after action, meaning you have to do things first and then the motivation can follow. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times motivation doesn't always follow and it's not always there. 
I wish I was always in this rah rah go me mood where I was just like, yeah, I'm positive. I'm just <laughs> doing positivity. That's not how it is. There are so many days where I just don't want to manage my condition. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the gym. There are so many days and people are like, so why do you do it? Well, because I tell myself I have to, you know? Uh, I think my drive is that I think effectively and I try and help people think effectively in the same way. I ask myself, is what I'm about to do, is the decision I'm about to make going to help me or hurt me? And that's my guiding philosophy in life. You know, depending on these two choices, which choice is going to make me most proud? That's the one I go with. And if you choose single choice after single choice, those small choices add up to something big, whether it's a better blood sugar, better diabetes management, or just better quality of life, which is the main goal. I didn't always think like that, Um, but I slowly developed like, okay, if I shoot myself in the foot enough, I got to stop doing that. When you put your hand on the stove, you get burned. If you choose to keep doing that, you're going to keep dealing with that same pain, or you can finally question that pain and be like, is this necessary? And once I got to the point where like, this is not necessary, I started making different decisions and started just thinking differently. Okay. And and did that happen before your diabetes diagnosis, what, did you always have that mindset or did that come later on? Honestly, I would say it happened because of diabetes. So uh, I grew up with a disability. I didn't always have a cool prosthetic arm. Uh, I hid my disability for 17 years from my friends, from my family, from everyone, you know, and I was just so uncomfortable with my body, the way I looked that I was bullied. I was depressed like I did a lot of bad stuff that I shouldn't have to try and cope with it and I was going down a really bad path until I got diabetes at 19 10 years ago and that was the wake-up call for me that was the hey you got to do something different Mm -hmm. you know you can't be the disabled diabetic kid who just the life hates him like you can't be that person that you think the, the universe is out to get you so I started saying like okay what can I do with where I'm at right now there has to be something that I can do. And I found fitness uh, through diabetes. I found the diabetes community and I found that there was a space for me, you know, in the sense of I'm not alone one, but also everyone has a story to tell. And by not telling your story, you're doing a disservice to everyone who's struggling just like you. The, The cool thing is we all have the same exact story. You have the same exact story as I do. The same exact story. Mm-hmm. you went through some stuff you got over some stuff and there's some more stuff coming yeah <laughs> everyone's story that is everyone's story but what you do with that story and what you how you decide to tell it and who you decide to interact with has the potential to reach that seven-year-old me mm-hmm. that never had someone to talk to that never saw that story that never saw someone like you or someone like me or someone like whoever's watching go through something that they never asked for, like a condition like diabetes, and still make it through. And not just make it through, but be successful with it, or despite it, or even because of it. Mm -hmm. So diabetes was that catalyst for me to go from being that broken kid to that obstacle turned into a massive opportunity to create a life that I never thought was possible. And it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have all this hardship. So do you... Do you think you'd be doing your powerlifting and all, you know, all your fitness stuff if it wasn't for the diabetes? Do you think you would have gone down that route? I don't think so. To be honest, diabetes got me into fitness. Uh, I started working out, but with a disability, it's obviously a lot different. You have to adapt. Simple, uh, 
similarly to blood sugar management, you know, if you go low during the gym, you can't continue working out until you feel better or highs or anything like that. With a disability, you have to adjust because machines and workouts are made for normal people. And I know we all, incorpor- we, we all encounter that. We're not normal. I hate that, that term, but we have to adapt as people who have a condition, as people who are different, we have to adapt. And I found myself adapting, but I wasn't really into it. Like it was okay. When I got diabetes, everything changed. My whole mindset was like, do something, do something better. You know, up until that point, I wanted to be a lawyer just because I loved no, arguing with friend. people. <laughs> I, loved, I absolutely loved arguing with people. It was <laughs> to the point where I was like, I can make a career out of this. And then I realized like, that's not a good reason to be a lawyer. Um, but I found my passion in fitness and I thought that's, I thought fitness was what I wanted. You know, I had thousands of clients all around the world. I helped so many people, all this stuff. And then I realized it wasn't the fitness that I wanted. It was the, the feeling that most people thought they got from fitness. So people want to get in shape, but really what they want is the feeling that they get from being in shape. And if they're after a feeling, doesn't that mean we can have that feeling now? Because who's in control of our feelings? Us. Ah, easier said than done, Chris. <laughs> Better done than said. Wow. Better done than said. And I, I can have these conversations with myself all the time because, yeah. one, maybe I'm crazy. Two, I hear it a lot. And I know that fight where people are like, ah, it's not that easy. It doesn't have to be that easy, but it is simple. The concept is what you think repeatedly, what you focus on repeatedly will magnify. And if you're magnifying things that put you in a losing perspective, Mm -hmm. you control that. We can't control having diabetes, but we can control how we react or how we respond. We have a responsibility, meaning a responsibility, like the ability to respond to anything that happens to us, any sugar that happens to us, it's hard. It takes conditioning. It takes practice. But over time, you're either practicing to get better or you're practicing to get worse. And the difference is a choice. And that's what I try and show people now because that's what I live every single day. I went to a Tony Robbins event a few years ago. So I was lucky enough to go to a Tony Robbins event. I was lucky enough to actually be working at a Tony Robbins event. And um, that massively, I know, you know, people share his memes and, and things like this and don't think much of it. But to be there and hear him talking and to do the whole firewalk, I did all that thing definitely changed my mindset and you know the way I think about things and definitely had an impact on my diabetes management at that point so stuff like that is awesome and the the only difference is you allowed it to change you so it, it wasn't Tony Robbins that did anything to you it was the fact that you welcomed the message you allowed the message to be received and when I was younger, there's no way I would have allowed that message to be received because from what I saw, I didn't accept that my life could be better. Mm-hmm. The only thing I accepted was that I was broken, that I was disabled. And synonyms for disabled are weak, broken, useless, helpless, less than. Like you think about these stigmatic terms that are applied to people with disabilities or diseases or conditions we're already positioned to be in a failing, you know, light. People already think of us less, even if it's subconsciously, because something we didn't ask for, something we, we can't control having. And I just don't believe that. So reframing the perspective, what it, what it means to live with a disease, 
we're living with diabetes, not for diabetes. That's one. And two, have you ever met a canceric? <laughs> no, but we're diabetics. So like we're, we're framed as a condition, a person condition versus a person who happens to have a condition. Mm -hmm. So I think reframing is huge for me and reframing, it took a lot for me to change seeing myself in the mirror every day as a monster, you know, as different, as gross. Like I would look at my body and I would just, I hated looking at mirrors because of my disability. And it wasn't until diabetes and years down the road that I learned that those obstacles turned into opportunities to help other people, which made me feel better. One of the easiest ways to feel better and to feel uh, uh, valued, to feel like you have impact is to help someone else struggling with a similar condition. We're the best at giving other people advice and yeah. we're <laughs> taking our own advice, you know? Uh, yeah, but so that, that's some of the stuff I've worked on. I watched your video when you took your glove off. Ah. Yes, 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 yes. So that was a very big moment. Yeah, uh, quite like an emotional video. Um, but what, what led up to that moment? Like, why that day? Why then? Like, what happened? So, backstory for people, you know, 17 years, literally 17 years, I hid my residual limb under a glove, and I never took it off. Before that, I had hid my hand in a pocket. So I would run the physical fitness test in school with my hand in my pocket. We would take field trips to the beach and I would go in the ocean with my hand in my pocket. You must have had some uh, great tan lines going on. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, a story that I've never told that I remember just the other day, we went to a museum, like a national monument for a school trip and they had security and I had my hand in my pocket and I refused to take my hand out of my pocket. And they almost like detained me, almost arrested me because they thought that I was hiding something. Yeah. And it was to the point where that I would have rather gone to jail than shown hundred percent. So that's the severity of me hiding my, my disability. What led up to that moment is years of pain and just discomfort and knowing that I need to change, but never actually changing. And I set a goal for myself that if I ever got a prosthetic arm, I would take the, the glove off. And it's really hard in the United States to get medical coverage in general, let alone for a prosthetic. And after about eight months to a year, I ended up getting it. And I don't back down from what, I, when I set a goal, I, I accomplish it. And I set that goal, so I had to do it. I jumped in the deep end, so to speak, and made a video. Yeah. That video went viral. And <laughs> post and all these news that, and then it was everywhere so it was the best thing that ever happened though being uncomfortable in a controlled situation where I knew what I wanted and a lot of times we know what we need to do especially with diabetes management we look at our numbers whether it's time and range or a1c or whatever you want to look at data we're removing emotion from the data we look at the data and we're like what do I need to do? Maybe you need to bolus a little bit earlier. Maybe you need to check your sugars more. Maybe you need to control what you're eating. Maybe you need to be more specific. We know what we need to do. Mm -hmm. It's not like we, we have no clue what to do. We just know that we're not doing it and we're not committing to ourselves. I honestly, I'm going to throw out a random percentage, but I would say 90% of issues can be, can be, helped to be controlled with a little bit more effort in the areas that we know we're not putting. Yeah. I personally, and that might not apply to everyone and that's okay. 
but I personally love taking responsibility because that means I'm in control. If I blame it on a pancreas, if I blame it on a doctor, if I blame it on anyone else, I have no control over that. I'm giving someone the ball and I'm wondering why I'm not playing. Mm -hmm. For me, I want to take responsibility because with responsibility, yeah, it's kind of an ego check, but with responsibility comes potential for change, potential for better quality of life. And I want that opportunity. And I'm going to make sure I have that opportunity through the way I think and act and respond and all that stuff. But do you still have bad days? Do you? Uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. And that's what struck me. <laughs> me. Uh, some days look like roller coasters, some yeah. days super low. Like that's normal. The only difference now is I don't give those days or those moments emotional weight. Mm -hmm. I don't allow those moments to create a bad day. I don't allow a bad day to create a bad week. And I don't allow a bad period of time in my diabetes management to attack my character. When a $20 bill, I guess we would say that in the United States or, you know, a currency, when currency is wrinkled or crumpled or stepped on or found on the ground, it still maintains its value. But when we have bad blood sugars, we think we're less of a person. Mm -hmm. We think we're affected. We think we're damaged or broken. That's, it's just not true. Our value never changes because of our sugars. Our sugars might change, but our value doesn't. Who we are as people doesn't. So by removing some of that, taking it personal, you're able to actually look at what's going on and say, okay, this happened. This was not ideal, but what I can do in the future is this. I can deal with it. I can treat it as I need to and move forward. I can maybe ask my diabetes management team what I can do to make it a little bit better. I have those bad days regularly. I don't have an A1C under six. I stay in the sixes, sometimes hit seven. Like that's, for me, that's okay. My personal diabetes management is about maintaining my time and range, maintaining a respectable A1C to myself uh, and with my diabetes management team. But more importantly, quality of life. Is my quality of life there? If you have an A1C of three, but your quality of life is crap. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. At your funeral, they're not going to say they had A1C, though. <laughs> that A1C, you know? Oops, who cares if you live to be 400 years old when you stopped living at 29? Mm. You know? There is more to life than diabetes management, but diabetes management is a huge part of life. And people get uncomfortable with that because they think because they have a good A1C or because they have good diabetes management that they can drink, that they can smoke, that they can not be happy in their life, that they can be depressed, that they can not do a job that they want that they can, life includes diabetes management. Diabetes management is not life itself. So that, that when I say that, a lot of people get a little bit flustered. They're like, oh, no, no, you have diabetes, diabetes management is probably top priority in terms of controlling your health. But also there are other factors, you know? So I, I don't like when people get obsessed with just one thing. You have to take a step back and see the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. And a message that I always try to push out is it's not going to be perfect. Like it's, there are people, like you said, that almost put their lives on hold to chase a number. Yeah. Not, it's not going to be that. Like our body is trying to, we're trying to mimic something that our body should be doing for itself. It's not, you're not going to be the same as someone who doesn't have diabetes. Like that's, that's such a big aim. Like, especially and honestly, I think people in 
I think people aim more than people without diabetes. So yes. my, my degree is in exercise science and health promotion. And I was a, a speaker for JDRF, Pete, the exercise performance program. And we can talk science and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you look at the statistical variations of people's blood sugar without diabetes across a wide subset of cultures and uh, ethnicities and so many different variables, there's such a high variance in their blood sugars regularly throughout the day with yeah, their normal counter that doesn't exist and with the amount of counter regulatory hormones and time discrepancies between ups and downs if someone saw the average of normal blood sugars throughout the day for people they would be like oh they could get tighter control I'm like no they can't <laughs> they can't. Without diabetes. <laughs> we are so obsessed with the concept the flawed concept of perfection and i'm glad you said that Perfection doesn't exist. It, it's, it's a false narrative that whether it's media or whoever has kind of put on us or we've allowed people to put on us, that we're chasing something that doesn't exist. We chase perfection in photos when in reality it's photoshopped and makeup and there's so many elements to create the perfection. Mm -hmm. We have one 100 blood sugar that's a straight line and we zoom in on that little part. Little like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, look how straight that line is. But what is that really telling people? What are you doing more damage to the community than good by trying to show people that if you are starving yourself, you know, and God forbid, if anyone's dealing with any sort of eating disorders, diabulimia or anything like that, please reach out for help. God forbid you're showing people a negative lifestyle to attempt a straight line. Yeah. And there's so many factors that lead to more harm than good. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying to just have high blood sugars and YOLO and just go crazy. What I am saying is that diabetes management is extremely important. But understand diabetes management looks like this, not like this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think with so many people on social media, that's so much more of an issue now because, you know, previously you, you wouldn't know what other people's were doing. But if everyone's posting out these pictures of these, these lines and was it, it's called a unicorn now? I think the so. unicorn, yeah. <laughs> it's a unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. If it's in, is that 20? I think that's 24 hours. If it's in range for 24 hours or something, it's a, I don't have many unicorns. Like, <laughs> like, I, well, let's, let's be honest real quick. Are good, but let's be, let's be honest. Unicorns in reality don't exist. There's that's a reason. Why, that's why I don't have any. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now there are people who love to keep the ranges there. That if that's great for you, great. But understand, there's no universal fix to an individual problem. Meaning, how you manage your condition, mentally, physically, emotionally, is going to be different than someone else. Your goals, your personal goals, and the actions you take to get those goals are going to be slightly different than someone else. Just like your diabetes management is different than everyone else. Do not attack people for how they choose to manage their life. I had this happen to me with my disability, even working with some nonprofits, people like you should be comfortable with your arm because you would inspire a lot more people like screw my problems and my, my damage, my trauma and the things yeah. I'm struggling with. I should do this because it would be better for them. Like that. It frustrates me because we are all entitled to our own mental health, our own process, I do believe that everyone should be taking steps to progress to where they want to be. I do believe that hundred percent. And if you're not seek help, you know, but everyone is different and that's okay. We cannot become obsessed with success markers that we made up on our own with social media. It's a highlight reel. People post their best stuff. How do you know that? 
go to their tagged photos. You're going to see a bunch of terrible pictures. They're not posting those pictures. <laughs> They're not, you know? If, if you're sick and you're doing like something really stupid. Oh, you're, I've lost you're, you. Am I you're back, you're back. Okay. <laughs> if you're if you're sick and you're doing something really dumb and you're just like moving around like this and someone takes a screenshot and you're just like does that picture depict who you are as a person does that picture accurately describe who you will be for the rest of your life no it's a small snapshot in a bad period of time through a bad lens that's a blood sugar that's a number that's a that's a, a small period but we obsess over a bad moment a bad minuscule moment and extrapolate that moment out to the rest of our lives. You see a bad blood sugar and you're like, well, now I'm gonna die. <laughs> Guess what? You are gonna die, eventually, for sure. I promise you that. I'm not trying to be negative, but we're all, we're all gonna die eventually. But it's not gonna be because of that sugar, okay? It's gonna be because of the stress you're causing yourself <laughs> from that sugar for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, uh, if we don't know, cortisol increases insulin resistance, which is gonna wreak havoc on your diabetes management, and stress response can be uh, managed through stress management. So if you look at the indirect ways to manage diabetes, it is stress management, it is healthy eating, it is exercising, it is you know sleeping. There, there's so many other things outside of diabetes management that needs to happen instead of just insulin and carbohydrates. But we forget about that because we're so close to diabetes that we refuse to back up and see the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I've literally just done a podcast that was like um, my top 10 tips and hardly any of them are to do with insulin. And it's exactly what you just said. It's stress management. It's getting enough sleep. It's like, you know, having some you time, you know, it's all things that people are looking at like, what's that got to do with diabetes? But actually it has like <laughs> everything. everything, Yeah, you know, it has everything to do with diabetes because we, we focus on what we can control. Have you ever, worried about something that you can't control. I, I feel like everyone has, you know, what if this, what if that, what if that? you start what if in yourself to death and then you realize, well, those what ifs I can't do anything about. So what's the point of stress? Why am I getting so stressed? Yeah. Easier said than done. Yes. But remember, anytime you say easier said than done, you have to pair it with better done than said. That's just, that's my number one rule for people. <laughs> Don't say easier said than done because that's a moot topic and that it's, you're not going to get anywhere. It's ineffective thinking, you know, um, focus on what you can control and you can control your habits. You can control your community. We have tons of community resources. Uh, Tony Robbins actually said the biggest resource you have is being resourceful. You don't have to have money to Google mm -hmm. Facebook communities for diabetics yeah. or to use the hashtag search. You could go to a library and access internet for free in most places and still have access to a community. There's, there's so many factors that can help. And if those don't happen, reach out to me and I'll find a way to help. You know, I, I do feel like people have, for the, for the majority of people, they have access to resources that can help. You just have to take them up. Absolutely. Um, so talking about blood sugar levels, I know a lot of people, a lot of people type one struggle if they're into weight training um, with spikes when they're weight training and then kind of hypos later on. Now you're lifting some serious weight. <laughs> like, What do your blood sugars do and, and how do you manage that? Do you get big spikes when you're lifting? So for me, for most people, 
there's, there's a big difference. Uh, there's a chart I'm actually going to send you. Maybe you can send it out to the people watching because it's an yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely great chart. Um, there's a difference between aerobic and anaerobic training, you know, meaning like lower intensity cardio, like kind of steady state and then higher intensity uh, interval type training. So anaerobic or heavy weightlifting, CrossFit, anything like that, even karate or some sports that involve sprinting tend to cause a temporary spike in blood sugar where the, the liver releases glucose into the bloodstream as a fight or flight response uh, or epinephrine. We can go for days into that stuff, but most people see a temporary spike, whether it's during exercise or immediately post-exercise, and then a slow decline down, delayed onset hypoglycemia. For me, it's intensity moderated. So anytime I go over like 80, 85% of my one rep max, I tend to see a spike during the gym. Okay. And I can moderate that through micro bolusing, where I'll do like half to one fourth of what I would normally bolus, either for a correction or for the food that I had prior to exercise. Personally, I always do about 30 grams of carbohydrates before the gym for two reasons. One, um, if I'm doing a lower intensity workout, it'll keep me level. And two, I absolutely love the snack that I have because I do uh, apple cinnamon rice cake with cinnamon peanut butter and apple butter jelly. Ooh. So comes out to 30 grams of carbs, <laughs> and I absolutely love that. Uh, for me, it's just what I like, you know. And what I realize is what doing things you like is kind of important in life. So... Uh, if you guys notice, I have a donut. <laughs> yeah, I hear your favorite food is donut. I'm, I'm the donut guy. But um, yeah, so for me, I, I manage that by either microbolusing or controlling the food that I have uh, my insulin on board. When I'm lower intensity, you know, uh, I don't get that spike, but I tend to drop, especially if I warm up too long or if my workout takes too long. So between intensity and duration is going to heavily influence what my blood sugars are doing. And then I just... I pay attention to trends, you know, not, it's not always perfect. I do go low during workouts. It happens. You know, I take about 10, 15 minutes. I, you know, treat. And usually when I treat, I will personally have like immediate glucose source, but then I'll also have some sort of fat source, like a little bit of peanut butter just to hold me up there a little bit longer. And I warm up again real quick and then get back into it. So things happen. You, you gotta be willing to roll with the punches with this, you know? Um, Sorry, I've totally, I'm going to look at my notes because we've gone off on a tangent like you do. That, that um, is just who I am as a person. I <laughs> no, kind of a butterfly. That's good. Um, just going back to your diagnosis, did you know anything about diabetes when you were diagnosed or no idea? So both of my parents are nurses and okay. they still had no clue about type 1 diabetes. Oh, wow. even, <laughs> even at the time. Yeah, uh, the majority of people seen are type two, you know, there's a lot of preconceived notions. And to be honest, I'm sure we've all experienced this with doctors or endocrinologists. Sometimes even the most experienced people aren't really too sure unless they live with it. So I had no clue about it. Um, when I was a kid, I would always repeat and cry no stick, no shot, because I hated when they put that stick down my throat. Yes. And I hated when they gave me a shot. And when they told me I had to take shots for the rest of my life, I was like, nah. Oh, no. I was like, nah. But uh, I mean, I quickly learned that it's, it's extremely manageable, you know, but I, I, it was a lot getting into day one, for sure. A lot of information. And I couldn't even imagine how people do that without being resourceful, without relying on diabetes online community or different resources, because I had a lot of learning to do. And one of the best things I did was read 
diabetes related books to make sure that I understand like Gary Shiner, think like a pancreas, like that. I was like, Oh, this makes sense to me, but that's who I am as a person to try and figure out what can I do instead of like, who can I blame? Yeah. And you, at that stage you were on injections. Didn't you go on a pump for a while, but you've gone back to injections. Is that right? Yes. So I started with injections. Um, I used an insulin pen for like a day. And then when I would inject, I'd pull it out too quick and then insulin would come out. So I had trust issues with the insulin pen for a while. Then I switched to a pump uh, for about four years, three years, four years. Um, then I eventually came off. I took a pump break, which was supposed to be like a week, turned into a month, and then I never <laughs> went back on again. <laughs> and uh, now I'm on the uh, InPen by Companion Medical. Yeah. It's a smart, smart insulin pen. So it just combines the benefit of like a pump with still MBI. I prefer MBI at this point. I might eventually go back on a pump, but what I love is being flexible with my management style. You know, I take Traceba and there'll be times where I'll switch between my long acting insulin. I'll try a different long acting insulin or I'll use a Frezza like the inhalable insulin with the NPEN or I will manage however I feel comfortable in that moment because our diabetes management to me is fluid. You know, it's not on a paper like this time, this time, this time. It's, mm-hmm. hey, if I want to be on pump today, I'm going to be on a pump today. If I don't want to be on a CGM today, I can check my blood sugars manually. Some people are like, you know, that's terrible. Yeah. But that's the benefit. We can all manage individually. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never, um, I've never tried a pump. I've never really wanted to try a pump. I think for me, it's more, I know loads of people that have gone on a pump and had much better control. Um, but I just don't like the idea of something being attached to me all the time, I think. Yeah, and that, that was part of my issue was uh, I was a little worried about that in the beginning. But I love the, the advancements in like temp bolusing, temp basal, stuff like that. So I love that aspect of the pump. Yeah. I just didn't like it getting torn off, all the supplies, all the other stuff. So Yeah. So when you're not on camera or, you know, being filmed or interviewed or lifting, what do you do? What's like? Eating. How do you do that? Eating. Eating donuts. (laughs) Um, So I I absolutely love what I do for work. And I'm extremely fortunate to have built the lifestyle that I built. Obviously with this whole virus, you know, traveling has stopped, but I was traveling 30 to 40 times a year uh, around the country, around the world. So it was, it was a lot and it, it got pretty crazy for a few years. So now I have a little bit more time. I'm a big reader, like huge, like I love self-help books <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I also fish and the gym is a huge aspect for me, like mental health, you know, not just powerlifting, but even just being in a gym and being able to do cardio or anything to me is is a release and i love food i also am a, a co-owner of a protein bar company that's also owned by another type one yeah. so that's a huge aspect of like business i love what i do for business so for me that's my fun time and i know it sounds like cliche or weird but i truly do love everything i'm doing i'm so fortunate because i grew up so poor and uh, the lifestyle that i have now and the businesses that i'm working on and the people that i have impact on and the people that have impact on me, I never thought this was possible given how I grew up. So every day, do not take that for granted. And every day I enjoy even the the hardest of things because I'm given the opportunity to endure something that I know I can make through some way or another. 
And I'm not crazy in the sense of like, ooh, I got a flat tire. I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> but it's more so like, ooh, I got a flat tire. I knew this was a possibility, but I know I can also overcome it. So uh, yeah, I, I do work a lot, but a lot of times it's not like I can't wait to stop. It's like, I actually enjoy it. Okay, that's cool. Um, are your gyms open there yet? Or are they still closed because of COVID? There's, I have like four gym memberships just because like I just go to different places to do different mm -hmm. things. But uh, two of my gyms are open, which is cool. They're more private and like small. There's less than 10 people in there at a time. So it's good. But I don't doubt that they might close again. But as long as people are being healthy, my main focus is like we need to get through this together as humanity so that we can move forward to this new normal. So what were you doing? Well, obviously, there was a time when they were all closed. So yes. what were you doing that? How, how did you cope? Like, with that? That, was, that was tough. But luckily, one of the gyms was giving away equipment, like loaning out equipment. For people uh, okay, cool. And I got some equipment and that helped at least to have something, you know. Yeah. But I, it was at the point where I'm about to buy a full gym just for my house. <laughs> I'm like, I, I need this. And I know that sounds weird, but no, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm in the cardio, same like, I'm not going to run 10 miles. You know, that's not my thing. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad that some stuff is open again. Uh, more so than that, it's the mental component. A lot of people rely on fitness or lifting or anything like that for a mental release. And uh, that's, that's me. Yeah, that's also me. And they're not yeah. open here yet. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Going crazy. <laughs> Um, I'm doing some home workouts, like I'll do body weight stuff when I get up in the morning, which is great, but it's just not, it's not the same as, as going to a gym. And it's not, yeah. at least it's better than nothing, but yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Like it, I tried to do like a whole body weight workout and I'm like, mm, it's not <laughs> it, it's not it, it's not for me. <laughs> not the same. No, yeah. I was really good. I was getting up early doing like, you know, uh, like a half hour body weight thing like five times a week I, I did that for quite a few weeks this week I've been absolutely rubbish but <laughs> definitely it definitely makes a difference like to, to, to just get up and feel like I've done something and done a workout um yeah, yeah but yeah I can't wait for the gyms to open we've got another two weeks here and then oh that's rough an exciting yeah. time though <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you're looking forward to it yeah um so I wanted to do just a little fun, quick fire questions. These are like not diabetes related, not, not anything medical related, just about you. <laughs> cool. Uh, favorite meal? Favorite meal, chicken piccata. So Italian, I love Italian. Okay. Uh, your most annoying habit? That I do? That you do. <laughs> I have the attention span of a butterfly and it drives me insane <laughs> to the point where I'll be reading one book and then I think about another book. So I open that other book and look for and the attention span of a butterfly. Uh, where was the last place you went on holiday? So not, not travel for work, but like a holiday. Ooh. Holiday. Um, wow. This, that's a hard question. I would say Iceland. Oh, wow. Iceland. Did you see yeah. the Northern Lights? Missed it by three days. Oh, no. <laughs> um, favorite animal? Favorite animal? Platypus. <laughs> That's so random. Is that true? <laughs> I love that. They're fascinating. The males shoot poison out of their back toes. 
I'm super weird. And I think people look at me on social media and they think like, oh, jock, like model. I'm, no, I'm like super, <laughs> I'm super weird. Uh, that's, you, you got that all wrong. <laughs> uh, what was the last film that you watched? Um, last, uh, again, uh, attention span of a butterfly and memory of like <laughs> breadcrumbs. So um, there was a, it's a Mark Wahlberg movie on Netflix. I don't know what it is, but it's the latest one he did. I love like the action, like suspense. It's all pretty much the same thing. Like there's going to be an explosion. There's yeah, going to be guns. Mark Wahlberg like hasn't done a bad film, has he? I don't no, know. no, Mark Wahlberg is just, anything he's in, I'm like, oh, I have like my few actors and I'm like, I don't care what you're in. I want to watch it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, big night out or quiet night in? Quiet night in. That was a quick answer. Definitely. 100%. 100%. I'm, I'm a, uh, uh, introverted extrovert so when i work i am so focused on making sure that everyone has an experience to where they they feel comfortable and they feel open enough to talk about i i go beyond regardless of how i feel i can feel like crap i'm gonna make sure that i'm there to help people but when it's my time i am a turtle like i just go in my space and i'm super comfortable in my small space i'm not a big partier like i used to do that a long time ago but I'm very to myself and I don't have big circles of like going out and doing crazy stuff. Um, what irritates you the most? I have a two part YouTube series on like 45 pet peeves that I have. So, I have <laughs> but we're going to go through a few that hit my head right now. Okay. One saying, first of all, without having a second of all. I don't know why. <laughs> that drives me insane. I have, have I done that? I might have done that. No, you have. You have. <laughs> it, it, I don't know why it drives me insane because there, there has to be a second of all if you have a first of all. Like, just, that just doesn't make sense. The other one is the quote, fall down seven, stand up eight. If you do the math, you cannot stand up <laughs> after you have already stood up. If you fall down seven times, you can only stand up seven times. It's, it's literally impossible to stand up again. So those are two of the pet peeves <laughs> that hit me. And do you have a favorite dance move? I actually used to be a dancer. So before fitness, I trained at a studio for a long time, hip hop, break dance, and a little bit of lyrical. I haven't danced for a long, 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 long time but I absolutely love like isolation and like, I still like, if, if I go out a bit and, more, do a bit more. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> if I, uh, if I go out and I happen to have like a whiskey or two, it's, that that's a problem. Enough. Like it's a problem. I go from like bodybuilding power to motivational speaker. to like, someone needs to stop him. Right now. <laughs> And okay, so last one. If you had a superpower, what would it be? If I had a superpower, so I'm gonna make this two parts. If I if I had a superpower, I would make the calories that I like not count. <laughs> that would be number one. And number two, it would be allowing people to see their future if they stopped doing the things that were hurting them. That is an awesome one. Yeah, I like that. 
Um, okay, that's your, you can add ease, that's your, your quick fire around <laughs> done. Um, so we're talking a bit about you obviously like your food. Um, how strict are you with your diet? So you, you um, love donuts, so not that strict. Very, very <laughs> flexible. I'm very, I, I believe in flexible dieting in the sense of like, yeah, we have the calories in versus calories out, the SECO method, but uh, statistically, I, I base a lot of stuff on science and then like anecdotal evidence from working with tons of people. Um, I believe flexibility allows for long-term adherence. I'd rather someone be 80% uh, adherent for two years rather than 100% adherent for two weeks. Yeah. So I don't like things that are too restrictive personally. For a majority of people, it doesn't work. For some people, it does. Um, but also, sometimes I take that flexibility too far and I'm like, mm, I can fit a whole box of donuts and then my sugar is <laughs> terrible and I'm like, I didn't need that. I, it's control, you know? So I, I don't deny myself when I want things, but at the same time, especially right now, I'm leaning out a little bit more. So I'm more conscious of my overall calorie intake and my choices. Mm-hmm. And lastly, what advice would you give to anyone who's even newly diagnosed with diabetes or maybe not newly diagnosed, but really struggling to kind of accept it? Join Diabetes Online Community, for sure immerse yourself in the people who have already been where you are um podcasts like your own like juice box podcasts my friend scott um there's so many different diabetes online communities that you can join and just take part of even if you're not talking you can go and read through it are you struggling with something specific join a group use that search function and be like blood sugars during my period or blood sugars whatever struggle you're having you know and look and see that you're not alone and there have been people who went through exactly what you went through and found a way to solve it. Mm-hmm. So every problem you have has probably been solved a hundred different ways and can give you insight into what you decide to do. So know that you're not alone and put yourself in a position of support. Because if not, you're going to isolate yourself, you're going to feel alone, and you're going to give up. Because it's really hard to maintain inspiration or drive to fix something that you don't know is possible to fix. Excellent advice. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And thank you so much for coming for sure. and talking. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this, honestly. Like, I hope people who watch this realize like, how helpful this is to give different perspectives to people. And you know, not everything I say might be applicable to the people watching, but maybe there's one thing that allowed you to get a different perspective. Maybe there's one thing that you said in the process that allowed people to be like, oh, I can use this. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. And the fact that you're giving people a platform to help other people, I really appreciate what you do. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. I know it's a morning over there. It's like quarter to four here in the afternoon. (laughs) Your your day's getting there, but uh, my day's just starting. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you again. Take care. I really hope everyone enjoyed listening to that interview as much as I enjoyed interviewing Chris. What a nice guy and full of great advice. If you enjoyed this episode, please do hit subscribe to make sure you never miss a show. And also don't forget for more tips and ideas, follow Diabetic and Healthy on Instagram, like our Facebook page, and you can join my Facebook groups. So they are Diabetic and Healthy Community and Type 1 Fit. 
as always thank you so much for listening and until next time stay safe this episode has ended but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families all the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes before making any significant lifestyle changes do consult them with your doctor